Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Along with Ricky Ricardo, I'm Glenn Mack now. And, Rick, our next guest wrote Mm -hmm. this this week uh, in a story with the headline, The Time Has Come to End the Embarrassment That Is Flyers Management. He wrote, What has happened on his, his being Chuck Fletcher's, watch is the absolute burning to the ground of a once iconic franchise. He was handpicked by beloved founder and former chairman Ed Snyder to oversee. That's be oh I'm sorry it's not about Chuck Fletcher it's about Scott you know what let me go to Anthony Anthony I'm screwing this whole thing up I'm trying to praise you and I got it out of context you're writing about Scott there yeah well I I ripped, I ripped them all no I know you ripped Fletcher too okay I'm gonna I'm gonna continue reading now that's because if he Scott thought last season was rock bottom he never could have anticipated GM Chuck Fletcher. Digging through the floor further to find scorching hot lava and letting it erupt and consume the entirety of the franchise. Rick Anthony is pulling no punches here. Um, I see. Mm-hmm. Anthony, I'm just going to start with the easiest, not the easiest, but the most basic questions. What the hell happened to our hockey franchise? Glenn, as soon as you find the answer to that, let me know. I'll write about it. Yeah. I, seriously. I mean, I, I mean, no one knows where it went. I mean, how... The, how you could go this bad this quick? I mean, when you you know you can look back if you really want to and start looking at some of the mistakes that maybe were made on one side um, of the operation while the team was still somewhat decent on the ice and say maybe it started there. But you don't at this point that's irrelevant, right? I mean, at this point when you look at it, this team was in Game Seven of the second round in September of 2020. And here we are in July of 2022, and it's the worst this franchise has ever been. Ever, ever been. Glenn. Ever. ever. Franchise goes back to 1967. This is the worst ever. And so, so how do you go from being one win away from a conference final to being in the worst place your team has ever been in 22 months? I don't know. I, I don't know how that happened. But the fact is, is that the, the, the real disappointment here is – the fans were, were told one thing by Dave Scott and Chuck Fletcher at a press conference in January, and then what it ended up being was something completely different. And it was so, the wrong completely different. Like, it would be different if, if it, they just decided, you know what, we decided to change course, we decided to tear it down, we're going to be, we're going to go have a couple years of struggle, but we're going to rebuild this thing back up. Okay, fine. They took a path that was somewhere in the middle that they're not rebuilding and not retooling. And it's, it's awful. It's worse than it's ever been. 
So I take it the Morgan Frost re-signing doesn't move the needle for you here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Ricky, it doesn't. And the fact of the matter is, like, I'm not a big Morgan Frost guy. I mean, I think that the kid can maybe become a little bit of something, maybe become a useful NHL player. But no, he's not going to be a, a big part of this future uh, of this team. And it, who knows what this team is going to be? The, the, the problem is, is they had an opportunity. There was a, there was a superstar caliber player who made it be known that he wanted to play for the Philadelphia Flyers. And we knew this, not just of late, we've known this throughout his entire career because he's from the area. He's always said he wants to come here. And now he hits free agency and Chuck Fletcher and his team had six months to find a way to open up enough cap room to sign a player of this caliber and just and missed. They whiffed completely they punted on the opportunity to do it and i don't know what like they're not going to be bad enough next year to get a generational pick they're not going to be good enough to to um you know make the playoffs they're going to be just another bad hockey team with nobody coming to see them and it's it's a real real major disappointment well i think you laid this out really well because they decided okay we're not going to go in the direction of getting johnny goudreau uh, you know, the best free agent on the market, as you said, the low kid who wants to come home because we don't, well, A, they don't have the money, but B, they're not going to really try to contend. Two, we're, I mean, we're not exactly going to kind of retool and we're not going to rebuild. So they're kind of in nowhere land. There, there's no, there does not appear to be any plan or, I hate to use the word process because people associate that with one specific thing. But there doesn't appear to be like any kind of game plan to this. Well, so, so, this is that's what I'm trying to say. Glenn. Contradictory moves. So, so yes. So like for example, okay, um, they they tell us they're going to be aggressive and they're going to go after high end players in January. Great. Then they go out and they trade three draft picks for Tony D'Angelo, who you know is a good offensive defensive, is going to help the power play, going to make things better on the blue line. Okay, fine. So they 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 trade assets, future assets to get better now. Good. They buy out Oscar Lindblom's $3 million contract. Difficult decision because he's a very popular player, obviously, because he beats cancer. But they, they create a little bit of room to do something with that money. Okay, this seems like that's where they're headed. That's the plan. And then right there, it just stops. And instead of going forth with that, they bring back 35-year-old Justin Braun. They sign Nick DeLaurier, who is a fourth-line fighter. There's one of the few fighters left in hockey for four years. They signed DeLaurier. And you need a backup goalie. Obviously, it's not their fault that Fedotov ends up in the Russian military. But the backup goalies that they signed have a combined nine games of NHL experience. Carter Hart's going to be on an island. Is he going to play, he going to play 65, 70 games? Are we going to have you expect him to be Marty Brodeur? Like, you can't expect – I don't know what they're doing. There's, it just, it's incompetence at this point. Like, it doesn't make any rational sense at all. The Metropolitan Division is going in one direction, and the Flyers are going in the other direction. Does, you know that, that adds fuel to the fire here of how frustrating this immediate future looks. The Rangers are getting better. The Islanders have retooled. The Devils have you know some young talent. The, the Flyers are going one way. The rest of the division, the teams that they need to beat, are going in the other direction. I, I'm not certain that there's a team in the, in the Metro who the Flyers are better than. 
and, and, and it's funny because I say I think that they could be a little bit better than the fourth worst team in hockey. I think that the Metro is just a, a loaded division. Right. But when you're right, Ricky, when you when you look at these teams in this division, they all kind of improved or at least stable or kept themselves stable. Like Pittsburgh, you know, they brought back Malkin, they brought back Latang. Um, so they, they, you know, those teams all kind of stayed where they were or got better, and the Flyers didn't do anything. The Flyers just went, eh, okay. I, look, if you're if the plan is is for the team to be absolutely awful, you know, just play terrible and and maybe have a shot at Connor Bedard, who a lot of people think is the next Connor McDavid. Um, okay, fine, but say that. Tell people that's your plan. I think the fan base would be okay with that, and people would come see the team this year and kind of get excited for the possibility of that. But if you're not going to do that, if you're going to sit there and tell them that, you know, I mean, Charlie, Charlie O'Connor asked uh, Chuck Fletcher this at his press conference at, uh, after free agency and said, what happened to the aggressive retool? He said, no, this isn't aggressive. This is an aggressive yeah. retool. Yeah. We well, signed the worst uh, forward in hockey to a four-year deal at age 31. Um. <laughs> Uh, uh, Sam Hinkey, a.k.a. Anthony Sanfilippo, is with us, um, advocating, advocating the, the pros- A process. Yes, is, that they, no. that they, that they, that they, yeah, right, this would be the process. The process. Like yeah. The process, yes. So, process. so short of that, um, Anthony, I was at a couple games last year, sat with you at least once or twice, and that place was a morgue. Now they got to go out and sell season tickets for the next year. I'm not asking you to tell the Flyers marketing department what to do, but Anthony, other than gritty and God, please know, please that this this is why I can't stand gritty. How are they going to get 20 people in the building? I don't know. I feel, and I honestly feel bad for them in that regard because you know Tortorella will give you a little push at the beginning. Obviously, fans are going to want to come out and see see him coach and see. See what the team looks like in his style. I think so that maybe gets you that first month. The home games within that first month, people will be interested. But if the team gets off to a bad start, you know, especially if the Eagles are good, which a lot of people think, you know, especially if uh, you know, you know, the Sixers are going to be coming back at that time of year, you're you're not going to have any interest. And then the schedule makers did them no favors. They, uh, they only play one home game against Pittsburgh, so you're not even you don't even have the the the, the rivalry game, right? That you, you know, other than that one time, and that's Black Friday, which sells anyway. And then after the Super Bowl, they only play two games at home against division opponents. All the games that are at home after the Super Bowl are either the other division or Western Conference teams. Nobody's going to be in that arena. Nobody. It's going to be an empty shell. And, and I don't know what they could do to market it. I mean, it's it's b- b- beyond me. I, I mean, if they average – and I'm saying real butts in seats, not ticket sales, because you can always fudge the number of actually of actual tickets sold. But the drop count, which is the number of people that actually walk into the building, if they get ten thousand a game, they should count their lucky stars, because that's really what you're looking at. I uh, take the under. I definitely take the under. <laughs> yeah. Who does Tortorella, you know, upset first? His own fan base, the league, uh, the volcano known as Torts. When does that erupt? <laughs> Well, I, you know, that's a good question. I, I think that you know, one of the interesting things that he said, um, you know, in, in his opening media tour was that there is a there's a fractured locker room and that that he needs to repair that first and foremost. So 
I think that internally is where he's going to upset Apple carts first and foremost. I think mm. he's going to he's going to he's going to upset players first and foremost and see which ones want to buy in to his style and system and which ones don't belong and, and really root out the problems in the locker room. And I think that's what he's going to do first and foremost. I think fans are going to give him a, give him a chance. I really do. I think that they like the fact that he's a little bit old school. Um, I think that's what Flyers fans like. Um, so I think the fans will give him a little bit of time. The other possibility, of course, is the media. He doesn't like dumb questions. He doesn't want to be asked stupid questions. Um, he'll get real frothy. Uh, so I think that there's a real possibility that uh, there could be some, some real nice uh, tete-a-tete between, between John and, and some of the media folks. So um, that's the other possibility. But, uh, but no, I, I, I look, guys, I don't see it. I just don't see how this team is really competitive in any way this upcoming season. Do you think Tortorella signed up knowing this? I, I, you know, I wonder, Glenn. That's a great question. I wonder if he knew that he was going to be, this first season was going to be ugly. Um, look, you, he had to know. This is how I look at it. You know, John Butchagross from ESPN, he tweeted out, you know, that Tortorella was going to end up with the Flyers. They were working on a show at ESPN together. Right, mm-hmm. so like that was a thing, right? So like you, of course, you knew when Bucci puts that out. Well, he knows because he's working on the show with the guy. Well, Bucci-Gratz also put out that the Flyers were going to sign um, Johnny Gaudreau. So mm. don't you think Torts is telling him, uh, "Yeah, we're going to go get Gaudreau," and because Chuck was trying like mad, and I know for a fact Chuck tried like mad to trade James Van Riemsdyk's contract, but teams held him over a barrel because they knew what he was trying to do. And he didn't want to give up the first-round pick in the 23 draft because he felt that it's too deep of a draft and felt that that was too steep of a price to pay, and it didn't happen. And Gaudreau was stunned. That's why he ended up in Columbus. Yeah. He was stunned. He thought he was coming home. So, yeah, I don't know if Tortorella was, was told this was what it was going to be. I think Tortorella thought he was going to have a player or two to kind of work with and not be in the situation that he's in. Hmm. So he might be Henri already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, be. he may he have been sold be. a bill of goods. Yeah, well, he could be. Could be. I don't want to say bill of goods so so you know, too much because you never know. Or you, you you that's the plan that that's what you're going to do. Um, and then if it's you know something could always fall through. But normally there's a backup plan, right? If so, okay. If the Johnny Gaudreau thing doesn't happen for whatever reason, another team offers more money. He chooses something. Decides to stay in Calgary. Whatever. Like, if that doesn't happen, there's, there's, I'm sure there's a plan B, right? They're going to go after another big-name guy or, or, or two mid-level guys that kind of make up the difference. Well, they didn't do that. Yeah. And, that's, and so that's where it's, it's not necessarily that it's a bill of goods. It's that it's, it's incompetent, that they didn't have a plan beyond the Johnny Gaudreau signing to put in place. Yeah, they just didn't have one. That's All right, two two more real quick ones for me. Um, and and if Rick wants to close, that's fine. Uh, I'll I'll ask them together. One, do you have any thoughts on the first round pick? And two, one of the things they did is they traded for Tony D'Angelo, who comes with a ton of baggage, uh, and signed him to a two year, ten million dollar deal. Would you quickly assess those two moves? Yeah. So the first I'll tell you is Cutter uh, Cutter Gauthier. Um, when, whenever there's a draft, I mean, I, I, I don't get to see these kids play junior hockey, so I don't know anything about them. Um, so what I like to do is I like to ask NHL scouts that aren't from the Flyers, 
you know, what do you think of this player? And I, so I asked two guys who I respect really well, and uh, both thought highly of them. But the one said this. The one said, I give the Flyers credit. They went outside the box here, and they're going to make him a center. He said, if we, had, if we, and he meant the scouting community, had the opportunity to watch Cutter Gauthier with his size and skill set as a center, maybe in like World Juniors or another tournament like that, there's a good chance that we, maybe we would have picked him one or two because that, if that translates really well. Um, so give the Flyers a little bit of credit there that they could be developing a player that's maybe better than where he was drafted, that you get a little bit of a steal at pick five. Um, as for D'Angelo, again, um, not wanting to just jump on to the uh, public narrative train, um, I talked to some people down in Carolina that I know um, and said, listen, you guys signed him last year. Um, I'm sure you had to do some due diligence. What was your thoughts, and then what was he like when he was with you? And they said, listen, we talked to dozens of former teammates, coaches. They all said good things about him. Uh, so we took a chance. We brought him in when he came in. Everybody loved him. The coaches loved him. He was never a problem here. Um, really good, you know, good player, good guy in the locker room. Uh, there's a belief that some of the stuff, I mean, obviously it happened. It happened, and we're not trying to take it away from that it happened. But it happened when he was 16 years old. Yes, there was the fight in New York, but now there's a question of who do you believe was responsible for that? Was it D'Angelo or was it Georgiev, right? I mean, so that's one that's, you know, there's two sides to every story. The other stuff occurred when he was 16, 17 years old. Do we want to hold that against an adult for something he did 10, 12 years ago? I mean, yeah, it happened. We have to know it happened. That way, if it happens again, all right, there's a pattern. But then again, I think maybe sometimes you have to look at it and say, ah, Let's wait and let's let's wait and see, you know, if that if that develops again, and, and then if it does, okay, shame on us. We 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 took the chance and we blew it. All right, I'll wrap it up then, Glenn. I'll ask both of you guys, and I'm a hockey guy just as much as you guys are. I saw Sean McDonough last night at the stadium because he's also doing Red Sox uh, radio. I thought the the first year of the TNT ESPN takeover of the game was okay. There was some things I liked about the way they presented the game of hockey, some things that I didn't like. I want you guys' take on year one of TNT slash ESPN presenting the game of hockey. Uh, well, I'll go first, Glenn, because you'll probably have more time than me to answer. Um, uh, my thoughts were kind of like, like you, Ricky. I'm kind of in the middle. Um, I thought TNT's pregame show was really good. Uh, at their studio show, I think, is really good. I think that they have they figured out a formula that worked in the NBA and now found one that works for the NHL. So I really like what they do in studio better than what ESPN does. I think ESPN is very, you know, very stiff um, and, and stuffy. Uh, as far as the broadcasts, though, I like ESPN's broadcasts better than TNT's broadcasts. I think there's better people on air there. Um, and I think that just having hockey on ESPN is good for the sport. So whether or not the actual broadcasts are great or not, just the notion that they're there and they're treating it as a sport that matters helps immensely because for years and years, hockey was kind of off the radar in this country yeah. and now it's, and now it's back. So that's my, it, take it on does. It. It is a, it's a platform that they need. I like TNT's coverage much, much better. Uh, Snow, the goalie podcast is a must listen. Anthony Sanfilippo. It is always a pleasure, my friend. Hey, anytime guys love talking to you. All right. Take care. There See you. Aunt. Um, yeah, I, I thought t I like. I agree with him. TNT's got Gretzky's kind of a step, but the other guys on the studio show are very are very good. Yeah, yeah I mean, Messier was terrible. 
Wow. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, did uh, did this segment uh, provide you with any hope for the upcoming season? None whatsoever. No. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 